0: Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest. His name is Jim Hernzer, and he's recognized as one of the pioneers of modern pharmaceutical compounding. But really, from what I've heard through the grapevine, Jim is a rock star in the pharmaceutical industry. He is responsible for formulation of of something called bio identical hormones, dermatological, nutritional, and anti-aging compounds, and many of the things that are in wide use in the United States today. He has worked in the radio and television industry and has been on Dr. Phil multiple times as a hormone expert. There's no after talking to Jim not too long ago, I know why Dr. Phil has chosen him Multiple times to be, I guess. Jim really knows his stuff, and he's an amazing guy. Now he's a board mem- He's a member of the board of the Alliance for Pharmaceutical Compounding. That's APC. Now Jim is passionate about the benefits of pharmaceutical
1: compounding
0: and what they can bring to the patient.
1: Welcome, Jim. Thank you so much, Doc. Glad to be here and honored to be here with you.
0: You know, it truly is my privilege. Now, let me backtrack for a minute, because we have a lot of listeners that really do not understand what bioidentical hormones are. So can you, for a few minutes, tell the audience what they are?
1: You bet. Um Your body makes hormones, your body synthesizes hormones, believe it or not, they all come from cholesterol cholesterol Mm -hmm. is converted through a series of, of chemical reactions in your body into hormones like estradiol and progesterone and testosterone and DHEA cortisol, you know, people have heard of those names. And so your body's making these all the time. Now, um, when we say bioidentical, that means biologically identical in structure. So exactly what what uh, you came to this dance with from nature or God or whoever you believe in. Um, so they are natural for your body. Now this is in in difference to maybe some of the pharmaceutical uh, manufactured products that are available out there that are not the same as what your body makes. They've been altered, and when they're altered unfortunately it causes the hormone to change with different effects and different side effects and that is a statement that's in the textbook for gynecology it says when you take a hormone and you and you change the structure in order to get a patent on the hormone uh then the then the actual um hormone is no longer called a hormone it's called a drug with can, hormonal can I effects stop, can i stop you for a second you bet you bet yeah.
0: Many of our listeners are not medical people, and they probably don't even know what a
1: hormone is.
0: So can we tell
1: them what a hormone is? Yeah, you know, like women have lots of estrogen. Estrogen is that female hormone that causes growth of breasts and and helps the uterine. Uh, uterus every month uh, develop a lot of cells uh, to make a nice bed for the egg and then whenever those when when they don't uh, have a pregnancy then those tissues slough off out of the uterus and that's their period um, so they know about estrogen you know progesterone is the counteracting hormone in women and progesterone helps to um uh at least counterbalance the effects of estrogen the proliferative effects of estrogen causing breasts to grow causing the uterine tissues to grow um, testosterone is a hormone that that is found in in women and men and uh, we know that testosterone is that male hormone you know for muscles and vitality you know a, a lot of men uh, get some ed issues and energy issues and brain fog it's because testosterone is dropped so when we have these hormones functioning in the body at optimal balance, then then the patient is more likely to have optimal health.
0: Yeah, I understand. I understand completely. Now, are there myths? Are there myths about hormone therapy for men and women?
1: Uh, yes, there are. Um, if you wanted me to start with men, um, one of the big myths is, is that if you use testosterone replacement, and I'm 65 years old, doc. And so, yes, I do use testosterone replacement to bring my levels back up to normal levels. Okay. And, uh, and. And there are studies that show that men with low testosterone have a higher risk of prostate cancer. They have a higher risk of uh, of cardiovascular disease. And so we like the fact that we're not going to have prostate cancer or at least a higher risk um, when we make sure use the testosterone. Now, in women, this is probably the biggest misunderstanding out there is that there was a study back in 2002 that was a biased, flawed study. That said that if women use hormones, they'll get an increased risk of breast cancer, heart attack, stroke, dementia. Well, that study has been reversed 100% by the researchers who actually did the study. And they said, you know what? We got it wrong. We, we released, um, uh, results that were absolutely incorrect. It turns out that women who use hormones—estrogen, progesterone, testosterone—have a reduced risk of breast cancer by twenty percent. They have a reduced risk of cardiovascular disease. They have a reduced risk of dementia and uh, and also, of course, osteoporosis. So, so there's every reason for a woman to use these hormones. Um, and so, but these myths out there say, oh, you're only supposed to use hormones for a couple of years. You're supposed to get off of them. Well, what? Then women are supposed, lives are supposed to be over. No. I mean, I mean, matter of fact, the, the endocrine society and the North American menopause society both say that a woman should be on hormones as long as she wants to feel good. Quality of life. What about
0: men? What about men and testosterone?
1: You know and again the the myth is is that is that testosterone causes prostate cancer and and that is absolutely false because um men who have good strong testosterone levels have less risk of prostate cancer, men who have had prostate cancer and get treated and then go back on testosterone have a reduced risk of recurrence of the prostate cancer. And a a third thing that has been shocking to the urologists out there who believe that testosterone was responsible for prostate cancer is they found out that men who already had prostate cancer and were using testosterone had slower advancement and growth of the prostate cancer. Now, that was shocking. Now, I'm going to go into another area for a minute.
0: And we've now talked about hormones. Now, is there a difference between hormones and the hormones that you compound in your
1: pharmacy. Well, the hormones that we compound in the pharmacy are again the same exact hormones that your body has been making your whole life. Okay, um, they are biologically and structurally identical. And that's,
0: that's what we refer to as bioidentical hormones.
1: Yes, right? bioidentical is short for biologically identical, and uh, and so. Yes, we, we only use the biologically identical hormones when we're creating these compounds that are custom tailored for each individual patient. I love personalized care. Don't you, dog? And, uh, so, um, but the pharmaceutical hormones have been changed. Uh, as I was saying earlier, they, they needed to get a patent because they can't patent a naturally occurring hormone in the body. Therefore, they will alter the structure. In order to create a new chemical entity that is not the same as the hormone, and oftentimes it has higher risks, like higher risk of breast cancer, higher risk of uh, of, uh, of osteoporosis, and and it makes women feel bad, and so and stroke. So we don't want to use hormones or, or drugs with hormonal activity that increase risk. We want to use the biological, the identical hormones that seem to, in, in almost every study I've read, reduce the risk
0: understandable, sir. Now, let me just turn things slightly again. I understand that the compounding that you do is actually under threat from the FDA, the mm-hmm. Food and Drug Administration.
1: Is that so? Yeah, the FDA is, if you think of it as a business, its business model is to regulate manufactured drugs well as compounders fall outside of their normal course of business and so we flabbergast the fda and uh and they they uh have taken a stance uh an anti-compounding stance at the fda now i love i think the fda does a lot of good work i'm not anti-fda by the way so i just want to make that clear from the start however sometimes uh, any business or any enforcement agency can get it wrong and when it comes to compounding the fda trying to um, eliminate compounding from healthcare is wrong and uh, and we should all be concerned about that because what if they decide you know what we don't like lawyers so we're going to eliminate the legal profession you know what uh, we don't like um, Doctor so we 're going to eliminate the the uh, professional doctor's profession there for a minute? isn't yeah. it yeah rule of the fDA to protect people it is, but whenever they develop an internal bias that is not science based um, then they then they start realizing that they may be overreaching matter of fact, uh, Dr. Scott Gottlieb was the outgoing director of the fDA. And uh, and I was at a conference and he was talking after he had stepped down and he said, you know, um, we have an anti-compounding culture at FDA. And uh, after uh, now that I've gotten out of FDA, I've looked around. I've looked at the good you guys are doing. I've looked at the quality that you compound with. I've looked at the quality of the chemicals that you're using from the suppliers and he said, "I'm impressed. I'm just telling you, I'm impressed." But when I was at the FDA, I didn't want to know this stuff. All I all I knew is that we were anti-compounding, and that culture still exists even after I'm gone. So anyway, I, um, they are they are not for compounding.
0: So I and, well, correct me if I'm wrong. They're not just against compounding bioidentical hormones; they're against compounding.
1: Correct. Yeah, they, they would like to see the profession eradicated and, uh, and have, matter of fact, we've intercepted through the Freedom of Information Act quite a few emails, internal emails in the FDA that basically says that we are, we are planning to eliminate compounding. And they, they refer to it as putting another nail in the coffin of compounders is, is exactly yeah, well, the terminology. Why are they, they doing this? Why aren't they doing this, sir? You know what? Um, we we have uh, defeated them on several things where they tried to extend influence over us that was inappropriate, um, because we are not afraid of regulation. We're not afraid of proving that our. Let quality. me go
0: back to the question, Jim. Jim, mm-hmm. just call.
1: Mm-hmm. Why are they doing this? Well, and so because of these series of uh, wins that we had, both legal and through Congress. Um, they have gotten more and more anti compounding now, there was one pharmacy um and it was actually not a pharmacy. it was a manufacturer, but they called themselves a compounding pharmacy in New England that was compounding some epidural steroid injections you know, i think I remember that what was its name uh New England compounding center Yes, sir, yes, sir. Go through the details of that
0: because I yeah. think people should hear that.
1: And, and so, and it was a horrible, horrible situation. Uh, This manufacturer wanted to escape regulations of manufacturing. So they, they called themselves a compounding pharmacy. Well, now they were putting out 30,000 products a week. Uh, That's a manufacturer. Excuse me. It's not a company. 30,000 a week. Yes, sir. And, and so what did they do? They, um, they were producing these epidural steroid injections um, to inject into the spinal column and it had fungus in it. It, Their conditions were absolutely filthy. Um, The FDA inspected them three times and, and found horrible problems there. The Massachusetts state board of pharmacy inspected them three times, found horrible problems, but neither the board nor FDA shut them down, allowed them to continue to, to uh, manufacture these, these uh, step epidural steroid injections, and they ended up killing a bunch of people, you know, because when you inject, inject? it sounds like they weren't trying to do things ethically for their patients. They were trying to do it for money. Oh, you know what, doc? And and you and I both know this greed makes us make horrible decisions. And, uh, and I've, I've given up on, being rich a long time ago, all I want to do is help patients. I just wanted to take care of people. I'm a caretaker. You're a caretaker. You're a doctor, and uh, and when we, when it starts becoming about the money as opposed to about quality and about safety and about patient care and about the patient outcomes, you know how how the cases turn out, then then horrible things are going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. So the FDA has used that bad example, that bad apple as a as a springboard to say, you know what, we need to get rid of all compounding. And uh, and that's just like saying because there's a bad doctor. I mean, I you were a dermatologist and a cosmetic surgeon. Um, I'm sure you knew guys who practiced unethically. And uh, and as as do I, and, and I know lawyers who who practice unethically. Although the majority of them are great guys and do a great job, and the same as doctors, the same as lawyers, same as CPAs. I mean, every profession has bad apples, but that doesn't mean you should wipe out the entire industry because of those few bad apples.
0: You know, Jim, and I'm hearing you, and and I'm sorry for fighting the devil's advocate, but I wanted to make sure. That it was completely clear to our listeners as to what was what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to ask another question. The FDA is trying to ban compounding. So what is the consequences of such a ban?
1: Yeah, probably the biggest um, downside is patients. I mean, we're doing good for uh, millions and millions of patients. Eight million patients alone are using compounded bioidentical hormones, both men and women, eight million of Americans. And that represents half of the patients that in the, in America that are using hormones, period, manufactured or compounded. So we represent um, a little over half of all those patients. And if those patients lose their access to compounded um, hormones, then their quality of life is going to suffer. They're going to have to use uh, less Um, optimal formulations that do not give them the benefits that they're getting right now. They're happy with their therapy. I mean, that's why there's so many women and men on these bioidentical hormones, because they're happy with the therapy. And the other thing that you said that's so important is these have been shown to be safe.
0: That's, that's so important.
1: You know, I, I testified um, in front of the national academies of science engineering and medicine, for almost three hours, and uh, as an expert and on hormones, and uh, and the FDA had hired nasa National Academy of Science, Engineering, and Medicine to do a study, a two million dollars study on uh, the clinical utility of compounded biological hormones, and basically that just means to the layperson, you know, do these hormones provide benefit for patients, and uh, and and they. The uh, panel was put together by the FDA. The the uh, the panel was influenced by the FDA on their conclusions on the study in spite of the fact that we gave them overwhelming evidence that compounded biological hormones are both safe and effective. We gave them hundreds of studies, and they disdained all those studies and said, you know what, we're not going to use your studies. Um, and hard, so then it's they, hard, Jim, when the only argument is we're not listening. I mean, I, I testified for three hours. This one doctor, um, she's an internal medicine doctor, and she was not happy with compounding. And, you know, she her belief system was in traditional medicine. And that's OK. You know, I don't I, don't, I have most of my friends are doctors who are traditional medicine doctors. OK, so I'm not I'm not disdaining traditional medicine. Matter of fact, I use it myself sometimes. But this doctor, she said, Jim, you know, she says, you were telling the story that that your patients have good quality of life and are, quote, doing better. And she gave me the air quotes, you know, doing better. How do you base that, that they're just doing better? And I said, Doc, thank you for asking. I said, according to North American Menopause Society and the Endocrine Society, the measure of a successful hormone case is, is the patient feeling better and i gave her the air quotes back oh it pissed her off <laughs> so yeah, so so anyway i said but doc you know we go farther than that traditional medicine uh like gynecologists who are a lot of my buds they see patients once a year and prescribe their pharmaceutical hormones for the patients and and they come back say so come back in a year they don't measure hormone levels they don't um do anything other than than prescribe that once I'm a year now
0: i'm just gonna stop okay, you there. okay. You know, my background is as a Dermatologist. And I was traditionally trained as a dermatologist, meaning we were trained in compounding. For mm-hmm. example, I used to use a cortisone cream called Aristocort cream and ointment mix. Now, creams are too drying and ointments are too moisturizing. So when you put the two together, it's a beautiful marriage in heaven. Now, that's a compounded product, but it's something that would be banned if this went through. I also used to treat something called rosacea with a product. Now, rosacea is when you have red nose and red cheeks. And, you know, it, it's a cosmetic thing, but it really causes more problems than that. When people have this for a long time, they get a real bulbous nose and, and real deformed changes to their looks. Now, as a dermatologist, I could treat it with lasers, but that only hits it. It doesn't really control it. So I used to use a cream that used to consist of 1% hydrocortisone, 2% precipitated sulfur, 3% salicylic acid in a moisturizing base. Now that was not invented by me. In fact, it was invented a long time ago by one of the founders of dermatology,
1: Mm -hmm. you know,
0: so it, it, it's it's a time-honored thing that's been used on millions of patients. Did it work? Oh, my God. Within a week or so, you could see phenomenal results. You know, it was amazing. Now, this is the consequence of a banning products like this. Yes, there are pharmaceutical agents that treat rosacea, but they're usually A, more expensive, or B, don't work as well. So that's why doctors like myself like compounding. So I'd just like to say, Jim, I really give kudos to you for going on the bandwagon of compounding because it's very important. Now, I'm going to just ask you for a minute, Mm -hmm. what can
1: the people out there do to prevent such a bad? people have more power than they realize and uh, back in 2007 and i just want to give you a little preface before i say the the next step and that is that the uh a pharmaceutical manufacturer was suffering uh down sales because of that study i was telling you about that said their hormones are dangerous so so they went they saw that our sales for bioidentical hormones were climbing and the the this this big pharma company wanted it stopped went to the fda and said um we want you to ban estriol um which is one of the bioidentical hormones that we use on women it's a and and they said it represents a health risk to the women of america well the fda says yeah so they banned it and immediately millions and millions of women jumped up and said no you will not take away our bioidentical hormones and they they all started uh, emailing their congressmen well the congressmen all across washington dc got so Blasted that they went to the FDA and said lift that ban. And <laughs> within a week, it was lifted. I mean, the women were just up in arms. So today, um, the FDA has not yet tried to ban biological hormones. However, they did hire that study at NASA and had negative conclusions from a biased panel. And so, therefore, they're going to use that to try to make a move against compounded biological hormones. Therefore, patients need to rise up now and and preserve access and preserve access to the compound so they can continue to feel good and have good quality of life. And so, therefore, we have a website and it's www.compounding.com compounding.com. And you can go on and give a testimonial and you may think, Oh, I'm just one person. But when we get a bunch of one people's <laughs> giving testimonials, all of a sudden we have hundreds of thousands of them. And, uh, and we then go to Congress and say, you know what, we've got all of these people and your constituents are a bunch of them that want to preserve compounded biological hormones. Please help us. And the Congress listens to that. And so please uh, Go on and do right that, now. Jim. We're getting close to our end of our time frame here.
0: You know, it's amazing how time flies by on this show, and it's, it again has flown by. So, I'm going to ask if people would like to get in touch with you to get more information on this issue. How can they do so?
1: Sure. Um, besides the the Compounding dot com website, there's a lot of information there. But they can also contact me directly. And uh, my pharmacy is Las Colinas Pharmacy. You might be able to see it right behind me. L a s c o l i n a s Pharmacy. And you can write me, contact me through that website. Um, and I answer everybody. You know, because I just uh, can't stand not responding to people's questions.
0: Sure. It truly was a pleasure to have you on my show today. And thank you for clarifying a very, very difficult issue that's going on out there right now that will affect people unless they take action.
1: Thank you, Doc. And, uh, and I really am honored to be on your show because you're quite a rock star yourself, by the way.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You're so kind to say that, sir. Uh, to our listeners, I, I'm going to ask for a favor could you please like or thank this or or write a comment on this on whatever platform you're looking at this podcast on because it'll help us grow so we can help more people.
1: Thank you, Jim. Have a fantastic day. Thank you, Doc. Thanks for the work you're doing. Bye for now.
0: You've been listening to how to live a fantastic life. Did you know that you can get a free copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life? Yep. Just visit 13gpnow.ca and we'll send it right to you. That's the number 13gpnow.ca. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. We'll see you next week. Have a fantastic day.